Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. because um oh yeah i should put on there that i went to that retro arcade i think i'm gonna put that on this because i never go anywhere speaking of retro arcade my fucking son william he's like hey look dad this guy is like a like a champion dude for video games and it was that donkey kong dude and i was like turn this shit off (laughs) fucking cheater i don't want you watching this shit (laughs) you don't look up to trash like this (laughs) and he's all sitting there and it's so funny because i forgot how super cocky that dude was oh yeah he was full of just and he was so like if you want to do it perfect like me you have to i'm like (laughs) cheat (laughs) exactly because it's like it's like oh oh wait you mean cheat oh i see okay (laughs) you're perfectly a bitch motherfucker what's up (laughs) (laughs) i know you're perfect yeah you're a perfect bitch that's what we (laughs) that's that's what we got down here Oh, man. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, a weekly podcast that discusses top geek news from the world of entertainment, gaming, science, comics, technology, or just fucking cool. Ooh. Yeah, this is for the week of August 12th, 2018. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. All right. So, uh, little, little house, little, 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 little housekeeping. Um, this month, uh, I remember last week I had mentioned about uh you know some financial troubles and stuff like that that hasn't changed uh by the way (laughs) (laughs) the struggle stays being real exactly yeah the other day i was looking out my uh, bedroom window and i was looking outside and i was just like god damn the streets are real yeah you know but um one of those where you have one arm above the window frame (laughs) you're just kind of leaning out (laughs) yeah you're kind of leaning out there and you just your eyes are like fixated he's holding a cup of coffee (laughs) yeah Yeah. and a cigarette (laughs) you know i got the wife beater with the robe hanging open you know because also if you look at it it's black and white (laughs) of course (laughs) (laughs) some fucking la noir Five o'clock shadow at like six in the morning, you know that kind of thing. He just shaved. He's just that fucking badass. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we have managed to 
keep the internet on for another month. Uh, so we, I know last week that I said, hopefully, depending on what would happen, we might have just throw up some uh, rewinds. But no, we're going to actually have two more shows after this one. So we'll have full slate for the month. Um, but, you know, so that that's kind of what's going on there. I am considering opening a, um, a donation button on the site. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure, you know, some people have go like, well, why don't you do a Patreon? It's like, you know, we have listeners. We have quite a few of them. And, and you know, we've asked for people to, uh, you know, talk to us and comment and shit like that. And, you know, not a lot of you do. <laughs> right. um, we want So you are all casual listeners. <laughs> exactly. So I figured, you know, I'm not going to devote the time and attention to do a Patreon. Um, if, you know, if, if that's kind of how most people are, um, but, uh, I'll, I figure maybe I'll throw a donation button and, and no disrespect. Cause that's how I am. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, so. yeah, I know. And very few times do you actually, uh, you know, go into where you're, uh, you know, you're actually throwing money or something like that. And you have to really right. kind of dig, you know, dig what you're listening to. And, and I don't know, some people may, and then may be like, you know, I don't want the Patreon deal, but you know what? I'll throw a few bucks your way if you need it, you know, which is cool. And, and if, if you, you know, and I'm going to probably set that up, you know, within the coming weeks. So, I mean, cause it's really comes down to, you know, if we have like, you know, we can get 200 bucks, you know, that sends us, that sets us fine for, for, you know, so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of where, where we're at this month. Um, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, keep things going and, 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 you know, make things happen you know as we should so um that pretty much is uh that's pretty much all of the you know uh housekeeping 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 <laughs> so uh i guess with that we can go right into uh our random roundtable So, um, I didn't put this on the show notes, even though I'm talking over the music. I didn't put this in the show notes, but um, uh, we, I, I, with all the shit that was happening last week, I kind of didn't uh, put up uh, an open letter we got from our good friend, Orbital Fetus. Um, he sent us the week prior, uh, he, he, he sent us, and he's one of, he's one of the you know, one of our faithful listeners where he'll send us shit, videos and stuff like I that. I love that dude. He's great dude. And um, he's done even some, you know, artwork for us, <laughs> some fake memes and shit. Still, my favorite is still the Star Trek one where uh, Data is like uh, beaming out when uh, Chris Hansen comes in. Oh, and yeah. He's like, yeah, beam me up. Some, somebody's trying to think of they got me here in the Traveler sticking his head up from behind the table. That's my favorite. That's on our Facebook page if you guys want to check that out. Um, but he actually one day just wrote uh, an open letter to the Hulk to us. And um, I dug it. I thought it was cool. So, um, and I promised him that I was going to read it on the show. But uh, last week it was just kind of, kind of all haphazard. So here's, th this is, this is his open letter. So, uh, hello Hulk slash Bruce. I have loved you since I was a child. Of course I loved you because you could smash everything and everyone. You represented everything that I wished I could do when things did not go my way. When I, then I got older, probably around 13 years old when I got my hands on some comics that my father had brought, f bought from a coworker of his, and there was an origin story of yours from the 70s and 80s that I read. 
I found out that much of your pain came from witnessing your mother being abused by your father. Hulk, I have the same, same pain you do. My father gave me the comics and then gave me a window into how, how you felt and why you felt that way. I just couldn't smash my way out of it. My father is not the monster that your father is, but reading about you, about who you are and how it made you into who you are has had a part of me, a part in making me who I am. Why am I telling you this, Hulk? Because during the beginning of Infinity War, Loki told Thanos, we have a Hulk. I saw you come out and give Thanos a solid six to seven shots. I was hyped. Surely you could force him to retreat and continue his quest for the Infinity Stones. But no, his minions stood by and watched, confident in their belief that you could be bested in combat. I grinned to myself, confident, knowing, uh, knowing you would buy time for everyone by forcing Thanos and his crew to fall back. Then Thanos caught you with a left hook, and I heard you whimper like a child. I heard that damaged child that made you into what you are. You br your brute strength did not matter. Every punch you threw was deflected. Every opening was exploited. Then you got kneed in the head and unceremoniously slammed to the concrete, bloodied and, and shambolic. How could this be? Later in the movie, I find out that Thanos possessed the Power Stone. Duh, of course Thanos used the Power Stone to beat you. Then I talked to the internet. I was overwhelmingly told by everyone that Thanos did possess the Power Stone but did not use it to beat you. Every time Thanos used any stone in his gauntlet, the audience sees him make a fist and the stones glow. That never happened during your fight with him. Did Thanos beat you fair and square without using the Power Stone? I won't hold it against you if he did. I just, I just need to know. Even the strongest monsters have monsters they can't beat. Sincerely, your biggest fan, Orbital Fetus. That's that deep shit. Too. I know, right? Like that, uh, that caught, caught on my feelings a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it's one of those where you're just kind of like, wow, damn. That fucking, that was just like, I remember reading it going, oh, see what he has to say. And then I remember at the end, I was kind of like, <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> you know? That was pretty yeah. dope, though. But yeah. So that's the kind of shit we like to hear from the rest of you guys. You know, I mean, yeah, if y'all can step it the fuck up. <laughs> gotta raise your game up a little bit is what we're trying to say jesus so um all right so one of the other things i i kind of wanted to touch on remember the ddos attack that the fcc the federal communication commission when they were trying to do that whole thing about you know um net neutrality said so they got you know a ddos attack and all that shit yeah it appears they lied they lied about that wait what i didn't even see i read this and i'm like i'm not even gonna look at it because i needs to be told the <laughs> truth so ars technica uh, i'm just gonna read straight from ars technica and um who's the the the, the, the brilliant person that uh, john brodkin so the federal communication commission lied to members of congress multiple times in a letter that answered questions about a ddos attack that never happened an internal investigation investigation found the FCC made false statements in response to a May 2017 letter sent to FCC chairman Ajit Pai by senators uh, Ron Whelan, a Democrat from Oregon, and Brian Schultz, Democrat from Hawaii. Pai sent a response to Whelan and Schultz uh, the next month, but apparently didn't make the false statement himself. 
Pi's Pi's letter to Whedon and Schultz included the atta- an attachment in which then FCC CIO David Bray responded directly to the senator's questions. This part of the letter contained multiple false and misleading statements, according to the FCC Inspector General's report released last week. The second half of the article will detail which of these statements and uh, which of these false and misleading statements. Quote, we determined the FCC relying on Bray's explanation for the events misrepresented facts that provided misleading responses to congressional inquiries related to this incident, the IG's report said. Making false statements to Congress can be punished with fines or imprisonment, but the U.S. Attorney's Office declined to prosecute any FCC uh, employees, according to the IG's report. Pai yesterday said the investigation debunks the conspiracy there that Pai himself was to blame for the FCC misleading in false, um, spreading false information. But even as lawmakers, reporters, and pro-net neutrality groups questioned the FCC's false claims last year, Pai's office scolded journalists who asked the FCC to publicly provide evidence. After news reports in July 2017 about the FCC's lacking documentation of the DDoS attack, Pai's office told journalists that such reports were completely irresponsible. In fact, they were voluminous documents of this attack in the form of logs collected by our commercial cloud partners. But in reality, the FCC had no evidence of any coordination and intent behind the traffic hitting the common systems. The IG office found in order to assess incoming traffic as a DDoS, as a DDoS, we need to identify coordination and intent. The IG report said we found no such, we found no evidence of such coordination. Contrary to the FCC's repeated assertion, the pu- agency's public comments system went down on May 7th and May 8th of 2017 because it wasn't designed well enough to handle traffic from commenters opposing Pi's plan to eliminate net neutrality rules. People were submitting comments in mass after comedian John Oliver asked viewers on his program late last week tonight to oppose Pi's net neutrality appeal. Bray seemingly didn't want to admit Oliver's role in the outrage. Bray regularly complained about the John Oliver episode for the remainder of his time as the FCC CIO, the IG report said, attributing that details to Tony Summerlin, an IT contractor who served as senior advisor to Bray. The IT team was unprepared for the rush of traffic caused by John the John Oliver show a producer from Oliver's staff contacted Pi's office about the show's days before it ran but Pi's staff didn't respond and apparently didn't inform the IT department about the upcoming show <laughs> what a shock IT didn't know about it huh. uh, Bray was furious that he was not informed about John Oliver's episode Summerlin told the IG office Summerlin also confirmed that Bray did in fact believe the John Oliver episode was to blame for the May 7th event the IG report said Despite that, Bray uh, issued a statement on May 8th saying, our analysts revealed that the FCC was subject to multiple distributed distributed denial of service attacks. They, these were deliberate attempts by external actors to bombard the FCC's comment system with a high amount of traffic to our commercial cloud host. Pi's chief of staff, Matthew Barry, told investigators that he assumed the Oliver segment was the cause for the increased traffic on ECFS, the Electronic Comment Filing System, but Bray told him that wasn't so. 
The IG's investigation initially focused on who was behind the alleged attacks, but shifted into the investigation to false statements made by Bray, Tony Sutherland, and the FCC Chief Information Security Officer, Leo Wong, in response to the congressional inquiries. Uh, in the false statements to Congress, this is where we actually find out what those false statements were, Bray's response contained in the attachment, attachment to Pai's letter to the senators included six misleading statements from the IG classified as not accurate and another classified as misleading. We'll go through the false statements uh, and misleading statements. The first one was, we have determined that this, that this disruption is best classified as a non-traditional DDoS attack. Specifically, the disruptors targeted the comment filing system application programming interface, their API, which is distinct from the website and is normally used by automated programmers or bots for uh, bulk filings. The statement is not accurate, the IG concluded. We found no evidence that the API interface was targeted during the event. The number two was the peak activity triggering the comment system's unavailability to most human filers appeared to have started approximately 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, May 7th. The statement is not accurate, the IG reported. In reality, the increased activity of the disruption of the comment system began at 11.30 p.m. and John Oliver's show began at 11 p.m. each Sunday. Bray apparently provided the wrong time, making it appear that the peak activity began before Oliver's urge, uh, urge viewers to submit the comments. Uh, Three, we have from our analysts of the logs, analysis of the logs, we believe these automated bot programs appear to be cloud-based and not associated with an IP addresses, usually linked to an individual human filers. Number four, uh, in addition to the basic filing above, our IT staff found other markers of potential malicious, malicious intent. These statements are not accurate and raise questions about the accuracy of additional statements. The FCC made about the event uh, the, I, the IG wrote, we were not able to identify any evidence that the FCC staff or contractors, analysts, server logs, or conducted any substantial analysis or analysis. The IG office said it asked the FCC contractor who maintained the logs about Bray's claims of the analysts uh, supporting the malicious usage of bots, that person stated that while bots were one possible explanation, there was no an analysis of which the contractor was aware to support those conclusions. The contractor's name was redacted, of course. Following this attack, the, the false statement number five, fo following this attack, the FCC CIO directed the chief information security officer to consult with the FBI. In speaking with the FBI, the conclusion was reached that given the facts currently known, the attack did not appear to raise the le to the level of a major incident that would trigger further FBI involvement. The FCC and FBI agreed to have discu further discussions in additional events or the discovery of additional evidence warrant consultation. The statement is not accurate, the IG wrote, while CISO Leo Wong spoke to the FBI, an FBI special agent denies that a conclusion was reached that the attack does not appear to rise to the level of a major incident that would trigger FBI involvement. Whether an attack was, attack was major or not, uh, not had, or not, had no bearing on whether it was a crime, the IG said. The FCC made a similarly false statement on the same topic in another letter that Pai sent to House lawmakers in July 2017. The IG report said in an, attached, in an attachment to the letter con containing uh, Bray's answers to the lawmakers' questions, the FCC falsely claimed that the FCC and FBI agreed 
that this is not significant cyber incident, not a significant cyber incident, consistent with the definitions contained by the Presidential Policy Directive 41. In reality, the FBI special agent told the IG that all that matters is was a crime committed or not, and that there was not enough information to reach any conclusion, especially since there was no information regarding what was in the logs. And the last one is the IG report, um, report and um, also pointed out a misleading statement in the letter to senators. The statement read, we would note that when John Oliver provided a link to encourage viewers to file comments on the evening of Sunday, May 7th, 2017, the link directed uh, traffic to the regular commenting file system and not the API. That statement is misleading because it implies that the event must not have been related to the John Oliver episode, the IG report says. Through our investigation, we have determined that the redirect URL provided by Last Week Tonight with John Oliver program did, in fact, generate a specific amount of internal API activity, and it was this internal API activity, not data got of API activity, combined with the system design issues that were likely the reasons for the denigration of ECFS availability, the IG report said. So you can read the full article on the link in the in the show notes because that's just a, a good portion of it right there. But it, yeah, and it's it's definitely a lot to um to take in, <laughs> but it's so funny how the FCC is one of those branches of the government that you're really supposed to be able to trust, <laughs> and they've just they're just filthy as shit. And I, I'll I've said it before and I'll say it again. Howard Stern's been telling us this since the '80s. And no one wanted to listen. Right. Because it, because it was somebody that people didn't like, so it didn't matter. Right. But now you have other shit going on, and now suddenly it's like, wait, what the hell's going on here? And the sad thing is, is if you if you lie to a congressional committee, that's that's prison time. Yeah. And they won't see it. No, no. I, no. I guarantee it. They won't, they, they won't see, happen. They won't even see fines. Now, if I did it, Oh, God. I'd be doing this podcast from prison. Like, hey, yo, <laughs> from cell block C, what it do? Yeah. Oh, Fucking totally. Tickets. Yeah. So. So these get, monsoons. Get, getting, some, getting some weather over there, aren't you? So the weather, the weather across, I looked at the moisture map um, today because I have, I have this app. I, I went in with my friends on this. Uh, I, I pay for Google Play, like the music service. Still people figuring out why, but, you know. Because I like to have fucking I listen to music all day at work. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I I pay like an extra five, and I give the thing. Actually, I think I have one for you too, and I forgot to tell you with that comment. I don't know if I'm gonna bother. Um, so why did I even bring? Why did I bring that up? The moisture thing. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> part of it, part of that is <laughs> is any app that anyone on your friends or your family or whatever buys, you have access to. So a buddy of mine bought this like weather thing and I, I have like all the data and you know, I just love it. I love it. You know? So I'm looking at the moisture map. All of the country is wet as fuck, except for where Steve lives. Of course. <laughs> I was fucking dying. I was like, this is a bullshit. So every night for the last like week and a half, you'll start hearing thunder and then it gets violent thunder. Like that thunder that makes you jump. Like, oh shit. What the like fuck you, was like that? you kind of expected somebody to start yelling out thunder, thunder, For thundercats. Real. 
I thought Thor showed up. Like it was, it was crazy. You heard somebody I, in the background go, "You're all screwed now." I was waiting. I was waiting here. Oh shit! Peeking out the window with my camera in, phone. You know, in the background you hear, "Bring me Thanos." Ah shit! <laughs> um, and then it pours. And now Arizona, it does not rain for a long amount of time. It, it will rain for about at most thirty minutes, and then it's done. But in that time, it's super windy. Trees have been getting knocked over and fucking branches snapped and just it's getting out of hand. And I'm like, so the weather problems of the world have now reached where I live, <laughs> where it's either we're in a heat wave right. where it's like 116 or it's pouring all the fucking time. Like I live in Oregon. And still 116. <laughs> and still, no. It has been cooling. It, that's one good thing about monsoon, why I never complain about it. It's because it keeps the temperature relatively low. And the humidity is, since it doesn't rain for that long, the humidity is still pretty low. I, I don't think it really gets above 30, which is a lot for people here. But I've lived in LA and I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. Like I'm used to a higher level of humidity. You know, well, so like it's not today, that big. Like the humidity level was like twenty four percent, and that's pretty chill for LA. Yeah, you know, but here Yesterday usually it was like fifty three, and it was like ninety six, and I was like sweating like a motherfucker. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. The average humidity in Arizona is zero. Hmm. It's, it's literally none. Yeah, it doesn't make it to the ground. Right, in Phoenix anyway, not Flagstaff or anything like that. No, never. it's like, what the fuck's Flagstaff? Um, so, yeah. That's a made-up word. <laughs> it's been, it's been uh, and for a, for, a, for a lot of reasons, it's a made-up place. You know, like, <laughs> if you've ever been there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been it's been pretty nuts. Power, power went out once while I was asleep. And the only way I know it affected me is because I, I woke up in the morning and I noticed that I had kicked the blanket all the way off. And I'm usually the type of person who, like, really covers up right. so i'm like yeah that ac was <laughs> it was getting a little thick so um yeah you know uh say a few prayers for us <laughs> as it storms 30 minutes a night um persevere <laughs> right and then also i don't know this was right before the podcast too i was like man i miss netscape navigator that shit was the joint <laughs> i was like i wonder if you can still download it i downloaded netscape navigator <laughs> 9 Last year, I saw an update in 2007. It was 2008 because it was 10 years. 2008, yes. And um, <laughs> it, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> and just so you know, within that time, we are now available on Netscape Navigator. That's just right. So you, know. you can get me at um, <laughs> Adam at CompuServe.net. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that joke on Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was... Um, yeah. That was funny, too, because Adam's like, this shit works. Like, Google sh shows up fine, but then you try going anywhere else, then fuck, you're fucked. Ah, it is what it is, man. <laughs> I, all I know is I miss the good old days of the internet sometimes. Know. You know what I mean? This shit was a little cleaner. <laughs> I used to get I, the biggest highlight of my day when I was a teenager was, I'm, I'm going to fire up these AOL chat rooms real quick, <laughs> you know. Oh man, Not, we were innocent back then. We didn't realize we were talking to a forty-year-old dude when he said, "I'm, I'm sixteen and I'm a girl." By the way, I'm in high school, you know, just saying. <laughs> you like, oh, send a picture, though. <laughs> yeah, the first thing you go in there, hey, what's up, everybody? ASL, and then you get that, ASL. that you get that string of like, you know, 
21 slash mail slash LA, you know, Cali or whatever it is going all the way down, you know? Oh man. You see a weird one where it's like 56 female (laughs) Alaska. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh man. God, the good old days. Geo cities. (laughs) I made a geo cities. No, I made a homestead site. (laughs) Then, you know, I got to use that alternative motherfucker. You know how I roll, you know? Fuck GeoCities, man. That's like some. That's the. That's the. That's the business side. And it had all the spinning clip art, motherfucker. <laughs> what's up? Remember when, like, you know, when you got uh, MySpace and like the biggest thing was to go ahead and go into the, uh, go into the, uh, you know, into the CS portal and start like yeah, yeah. putting all this shit to kind of some dumb shit. Yeah, you're like, I want the blinky lights or the the, the falling uh, sparkles or whatever. My MySpace page was ridiculous like i kind of <laughs> wish took 20 I could, minutes to load just the background i kind of wish i could go to it in the way back machine yeah. because the background was a picture of two chicks in a shower making out nice um and then the song that would play when you went on that was uh you can get this lap dance here for free <laughs> damn, damn. i was i was a hoe dude i needed help <laughs> you needed jesus as well there was like. obviously not a, a woman in my life sorting me out <laughs> <laughs> you could always tell, yeah, when people were single because they have like the maximum layout in the back. Stupid there, shit. You know, then like, all of a sudden they have like, like Albert Einstein, and they're talking about how they read more. Right. Oh, this motherfucker, this motherfucker got shacked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the gearheads, where it's like a Lambo in the background, you know, that kind of shit. Speaking of which, let me sneak this in real quick before you uh, bring up that next one. Um, I picked up uh, Armada, um, the the novel. From Ernest Klein, he's the one who uh, wrote Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd read his next book before they make it a movie. <laughs> um, but so you'd it, be disappointed in the right time, right? I haven't got that far into it, but it seems to be very much akin to the Last Starfighter, mm. um, which yeah, has the reviews int- weren't all that great. Like they kind of were like like most of the reviews were kind of disappointed. Yeah, they say, I think the problem was, though, is everyone was still super hyped about Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think this book is as good as Ready Player One, but that doesn't mean it's not a good book. So I'm going to give it a give it the old college try. It's not a – how many pages is this? It's like 360. It's not that long. So How many pages? Uh, it's like five. <laughs> I mean I've read books that are like in the thousands of pages. Stephen okay, books, I'm, yeah. I'm a big deal. All right, so <laughs> surprised it's taking you this long to read that. I haven't even. I've like, I read to page fourteen on on the fucking can. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't really dug into it yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, a while back, I had mentioned about this uh, this arcade called Neo Retro Arcade, and basically what it is, it it, it was it opened out up yeah it opened up in Pasadena, and how it works is essentially you go in it's free to play all you're doing is paying for time to be there so you would pay an hour two hour increments yeah. or all day or what have you well a friend of mine uh wanted to hang out and she was like hey you know what i i got a group on for uh the that neo retro arcade they opened one out here in Reseda, and i've been wanting to go to it and she was like yeah you want to go hang out i was like okay cool so we did so we went on tuesday which if you look on their website, it's like there's like in, we went at like Tuesday at noon. So it was like, you know, very few people there. Right. And uh, she had gotten an all day pass. So what how an all day pass works is get your armband, 
and you go in, play for as long as you want. You can fucking leave, come back, pick up where you left off, and you can just kind of go in and out all business day. And that's dope. Yeah, so I was like, oh shit, you know, that's kind of cool. So it went so it went over there. It's funny because like it's not glitzy, it's not like all kind of like, oh cool, you know, they all art decoded out. It literally looks like a fucking arcade from the eighties. Like it's just it's kind of small. You've got the machines lining up the walls, the um, the machines back to back in the center. Uh, you go towards the back, there's a couple of pinball machines. And then at the back wall, you had three big screen TVs. On one side, you had, and they're, in, they're seated with couches. And in front of one of them, you had uh, Mario Kart. The other one had, uh, they were playing something. I know they were playing, I think, uh, they are playing Pokemon or something like that on that one. And then the other big ass, the bigger screen TV, fucking Smash Brothers. All on the Wii U, by the way. All on the Wii U. So... Yeah, they had them all there when the Wii U. There was always people back there. Always, you know, it's always the group of people that are like, you know, like the eight. It's the the sixteen person, you know. Uh, it's the squad from off. the Wizard and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it was it was it was pretty fucking cool. We went over there. We we went uh, two hours, and then we decided to go get some lunch. And right next door, they had this place called Doghouse. And if you guys have ever heard of that, it's basically it's a hamburger hot dog place. Oh, the fucking food is served on the sweet Hawaiian rolls. Mm. So, good shit. And they sell tater tots. You know, surprisingly, you and I had an extremely similar fucking weekend. Because <laughs> I went to, um, I've talked about this place before, but I went to uh, a bar called, um, shit, why am I forgetting what it's called? Something arcade. I can't remember, now I'm, now I'm upset. <laughs> now I'm a hundred percent upset. Um, so anyway, I go to this bar and it has all the old school arcade standups and it's, it's a bar and it's all fucking painted crazy. And, um, it's, it's really dope. And then we went to this Cobra arcade and then we went to this, um, this other, this restaurant called the welcome diner, which is in downtown uh, Phoenix. And it's kind of interesting because it only opens at 10 at oh, night wow. <laughs> like it's straight up for the bar scene and that burger <laughs> i don't know if it was the alcohol or because <laughs> i was hungry because that shit was delicious like everything from it you can get chorizo um chorizo meatloaf and then they gave us a pecan pie and it was super rich so we all just shared it and it was just fucking it was so good <laughs> uh, but yeah Right on. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then we went after we ate, we went back, and then played for another two hours. So nice. It was like cool four hours for that whole thing. It was it was pretty nice. But yeah, it's it's all free to play. So all you have to do is hit player one and then or start or whatever, and the game starts right up. So it's it's really fucking cool. Um, some of the games they had over there, fucking Contra, dude. I played that shit for the longest fucking time and realized, God, this fucker was hard. Um, they had a um they had a Super Mario, uh, machine. Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, all on the same machine. Uh, Asteroid, which I didn't realize was that fucking hard. I was like, oh my God, this fucker is kind of tough. Yeah. Um, Defender, Centipede. Um, you'd like this one. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with the four mm. controllers on there, you know, so mm. it has the, where you, the four of you can stand around the machine and, you know, each player character. 
You know, it's funny. They just added that one to Cobra. Bro, we was in the same place spiritually. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and uh, they had uh, Capcom versus Marvel. Nice. Uh, this, the Star Wars cabinet game, Tron. I, and I know ah, they... See, they ain't got that cool shit. They, they, they added... I know that because I follow them on, on their Facebook page, and they just added that like a couple of weeks ago. And that shit is fucking hard, dude. Like I was, I was really surprised on some of these games on just how fucking hard they were. And I'm thinking, God, I played the shit out of this when I was a kid. And so got to, you know, play all those, play the, um, the, uh, the, uh, pinball mechanics. It was kind of funny too. Cause you had a lot of older cats like me, like you like our age there, but you also had a lot of the kids coming from the high school and college because CSUN's down the street. So I remember being in there and I'm seeing some of the high school kids coming in there putting some money down and then walking around and playing some of the games and shit like that. And yeah. they kind of had that look of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, kind of like when you did, when you first started, you're like, I don't know if I'm doing, but you're, you're button smashing, you know, just trying <laughs> you know, try to make shit happen. And, um, and then I would see parents there with their young kids and their young kids trying to play these games. And, you know, the parents would kind of just be kind of hanging out, but every fucking time. And it, it was almost like clockwork. You would always see the, the mom, kind of start to stroll up and slowly makes her way to Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man. And then you see them playing that. I was like, every time I go, it's always one of the, it's like Pac-Man will always get those people. You know, always get like, oh, Pac-Man, I remember that. And then they'll play it. You know, and it was like, it's kind of cool because it, it was kind of like that thing of like going, oh shit, I remember this game. It's like, oh, I want to see how, it, you know, if I'm still good at it or whatever. But it was really, it was really pretty cool. I, I enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun in it. It's a little cramped, especially when it gets crowded. But I was thinking that next time you come down, we should head over there. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds dope. I love, I love fucking arcade. And I suck at arcade games. Oh, I do to too. To be honest, I just, but I love them. I know. It's one of those where you're just kind of like, to me, I, I was like, unless I go, the only way this place would be any cooler is if they dropped in a fucking afterburner simulator. Oh, stop it. I would. They have, oh, the, the, in Cobra, they have uh, a Star Wars. But it's not the sit-in. It's the stand-up one. Oh, uh-huh. And then they have um, – you could play Mario Brothers, like the original Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. <laughs> nice. Um, and they have um, Star Trek Pinball. Oh, yeah, Which, yeah. not going to lie, I got on that leaderboard. You know, it's not a big <laughs> deal, you know. <laughs> right. um, and the best game I'm good at drunk is Rampage. Oh, <laughs> I tear it the fuck up and I get focused. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then they just added the Turtles joint. A lot of fighting games, obviously. Yeah. Um, it was funny when they we they went to Turtles. Like, oh, Adam, because I'm I'm with my friend um, Tori, and she's ten years younger than me. So she's like, Adam, have you ever played this game? And I totally pulled a fucking um, Grandma's Boy. I was like, I mean, I've heard of it. <laughs> and we went over there. I tore it the fuck up. And I'm like, did I win? Did, yeah. did I break it? I know, right? It's just like, like, fuck you, Adam. I know you played this game. <laughs> new all new high score. Is that good? Did I? I love fucking Grandma's Boy, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh, that's such a great movie. Uh, all right. So I guess on that note, and almost 40 minutes in, we should probably jump into the headlines, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Star Trek Four could be in for a major shakeup. Doubtful, but it makes for good copy. Mm-hmm. The upcoming Star Trek sequel, one of the few Star Trek projects in development at, at Paramount, was set to feature the return of Chris Helmsworth as George Kirk in a time-traveling adventure that would see Chris Pine's Captain James T. Kirk 
teaming up with his deceased father. But according to the Hollywood Reporter, both Pine and Helmsworth have exited talks to star in the upcoming Trek sequel after salary negotiations fell apart. The project is set to be directed by S.J. Clarkson, the first woman to direct a Star Trek film in the franchise history. The deals for the rest of the cast, including Zoe Zaldana, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, Sam, Simon Pegg, and John Cho, are expected to make, which puts Star Trek IV in one seriously tricky position. Uh, let's see. They speculate, speculate, speculate. Uh, per the report, the talk fell apart over money and salary negotiations between the two actors and the two companies behind the upcoming Trek film, Paramount Pictures and Skydance Media. Pine and Helmsworth are said to be asking for the studio to stick with their existing deals, while sources tell uh, The Hollywood Reporter that Paramount is holding firm to a budget, insisting that the, stre- the Trek franchise is not as successful on the level of something like Marvel. Meanwhile, the actors are reportedly of the opinion that they're being forced to take pay cuts on existing deals after the last film's subpar performance. Star Trek Beyond grossed only $343 million worldwide on a budget of $190 million. Pine has a deal in place, has had a deal in place for years, having signed up for the fourth Star Trek movie, which he made his deal for Star Trek Beyond. Helmsworth has been attached to the film since 2016 when the project was announced. So... I feel like a bit of posturing, though, because these two are getting used to making that superhero money. Right. I mean, you know, and and it's like they're they're doing the opening gambit. So now it's like, oh, is it going to you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They'll make the deal. It's you know, yeah, it's it's one of those where you're kind of like, OK, you know, it's like, yeah, it makes good copy and shit like that. But we know it's good. it's 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 really the art of the haggle. And it, it's like the, the studio's going to go, this is how much we're going to give you. Nah, fuck all that. They're going right. to come back and then they're going to meet in the middle. It, it, this happens all the fucking they're probably time. Gonna get, they're going to get what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to get less cash up front, but they're going to get probably part of the back end. So if the movie's a hit, they'll get part of that. And the problem with Star Trek Beyond is Star Trek Beyond was a good movie. The problem was is the studio really didn't fucking promote the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where they fucked up. Because it was the 50th anniversary. It's like, come on, dude. What are you doing? All I know, all I know <laughs> is I'm be picking up that Blu-ray Discovery set. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll, they'll make the deal. Yeah. I wasn't even worried about it. I kind of just shook my head yeah. when I read it. I was like, whatever. You guys are over there acting like kids. Hmm. So Google out here fighting Speaking a good kids. fight. Speaking of Google out here fighting a good fight. <laughs> Google has updated Google Maps so that it no longer shows Earth as a flat plane. Instead, when you zoom out far enough, the view switches to a 3D globe. This shows the Earth as a sphere which, with all the countries and continents the correct dimensions, which I actually think is the more important thing here. But does, um, does that mean it's going to show Australia? Yes. Hmm. They, they drew it on there. <laughs> Because it's fake. Um, which is why some people aren't too happy with the latest Google Maps update. Really? Google Maps Google Maps has, until now, used a... Uh, I forget how to pronounce this, but I know exactly what it is. The Mercator, Mercator projection of Earth. A Mercator projection displays Earth as a flat map, as if the globe has been pulled apart and flattened. Mercator projections which are... Which, in, mo- in normal speak, is natural. Like That's how it's always been. But now you got these people that are like, it's on the map, and there's no disclaimer on the map that says this is a globe. It's like, of course, yeah, lame. <laughs> Mercator <laughs> projections are mostly used for nautical purposes because you know it's just easier to have something on a table <laughs> when you're trying to plot <laughs> right. stuff out. 
The problem with Mercator projections is that countries and continents become distorted as you move away from the equator, which is which, as far as Google Maps is concerned, made Greenland, which is 836,000 square miles, look the same size as Africa, which is 11.73 million square miles, which is the common um, the common thing that people bring up as an issue with flattening a glo- the globe, right. is that the Greenland looks enormous, <laughs> or Africa looks small. It depends on how you look at it. Right. Um, because it all needs to fit on that paper. That's right. Now Google has updated Google Maps so that it shows Earth as a 3D globe. So when you zoom all the way out from your location, you'll see the world as a 3D sphere. And all of the countries and continents will be the correct size and shape. I love how um, Make Use Of, which is the website I'm reading this, it keeps saying correct. Mm-hmm. Correct size. <laughs> This small but significant update has been welcomed by everyone, with the exception of flat earthers, for obvious reasons. While the old Google Maps didn't represent Earth exactly as m- most of, of them believe it to be, it was at least flat. Um, the mobile apps, <laughs> the new 3D globe mode currently only works at google.com slash maps, with the, app, with the apps still showing the Earth as flat. However, thanks to Google's use of, open, of WebGL, uh, the new view should work across most web browsers, including the much maligned Microsoft Edge. I don't know why that was necessary at the end to take a dig Microsoft. Um, so yeah, uh, got to be some shade. Google Google Earth has always done this, so basically they've kind of just um, matched it up. Like Google Earth, if you zoomed all the way up, it would be a globe right. um, because it is. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really all I got to say. When I made that comment uh, earlier about, uh, you know, they, the people complaining by, you know, hey, well, it doesn't say, you know, the images on this map or may, you know, may be different or what have you. It's those are the same people that need that disclaimer on the coffee. Be careful. Content inside may be hot. So, you know. Yeah, it's. um. <sighs> I don't talk to many new people. Nowadays, I kind of just keep the circle. <laughs> so you guys enjoy that. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, all right. So at E3 this year, Microsoft unveiled a new Halo game. Halo Fireteam Raven. It wasn't Halo 6 or Halo Infinite, but an arcade game set during the events of Halo Combat Evolved. The game is now available to play across the United States and Canada at Dave & Buster's. The game follows a team of orbital drop shock troopers, ODSTs, as they fight alongside Master Chief on the original Halo ring. The game, both, the game booth uses a 130-inch 4K screen to allow up to four players to play, manning four turrets in the game console, which allows them to fight across six levels. Players will also be able to log into the game with their gamer tag to add their progress to Halo Waypoint. The game has been installed at Dave & Buster's, a chain of arcade restaurants in 117 locations in the United States and Canada. Microsoft, it says it will roll out the games to 20 additional countries in the next couple of months. Why did I read it that way? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually excited about this little Halo arcade game. Might be fun. Yeah. I've been to Dave and Buster's. They're pretty. It's pretty cool. It's a cool Is place. It? Yeah, I went to the one in Arcadia a while back, uh, and uh, yeah, I played Blade a long time in there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that that would be cool. If I see it there, I'll be like, I don't have to get a 
gamer tag for Halo. It's like, ugh, more shit. Hey, you need to get it done, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, Uncanny X-Men's upcoming story act titled Disassembled promises to bring... Oh, Jesus. Hmm. Promises to bring destruction to every mutant. The title harkens back to the popular Avengers Disassembled act that killed off iconic members of the superhero team and paved the way... Right. Two two weeks later. They're never dead in comic books. Exactly. Um, And paved the way for a drastically new take on Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It's safe to say that Marvel will be aiming for something similar with the X-Men. As revealed via... Marvel Comics, the returning Uncanny X-Men series will kick off with a 10-issue arc that starts this November and will see every mutant on Earth banding together to stop a threat to their very existence. Teases, or sorry, teased a tale uh, filled with mystery and tragic disappearance. Marvel promises not every mutant will make it out alive. <laughs> um, <always> do. <laughs> right. Rather than a sing, or the ones that die are the ones you didn't even remember were there. Right, they're um, the ones that are like, that was an X-Men? I thought yeah, that was they're just, just some, cleaning it up. I thought that was just some dude back there, you know? <laughs> Rather than a single writer slash artist team, many creator or many creator names have are attached to this series. Ed um, Brisson from Extermination, Kelly Thompson from Mr. and Mrs. X, and Matthew Rosenberg from The Punisher and Phoenix Resurrection uh, will be writing Uncanny X-Men. Uh, Mumud Asar from X-Men Red, um, R.B. Silva from X-Men Blue, and Yildiray uh, Sinar from Weapon X, and Per Piez from Rogue and Gambit will be handling the art. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's this is a big. If you're into the X Men, you're obviously excited about this. This is going to be a big event where it's going to shake it up. I think this is good too because the the whole X Men scene is a little convoluted like there's too much going on now yeah and 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 this is the comics way of cleaning it up yeah and marvel kind of did a whole x-men number a few years back where it's like suddenly all the x-men were gone and like there were no x-men books and stuff like that yeah and now it seems like they came back a little too hard right they're like like, whoa okay we've got x-men gold blue red purple I was reading Salmon color. Uh, <laughs> you know. I was reading X Men Red mm-hmm. uh, from issue one. I think I got to like issue seven, and it was good. Like it, it was um, uh, Jean Grey, and she was trying oh, to right. like fight a political fight for yeah. mutants and stuff. I, I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, but and the writing was really crisp too. But we'll see what happens after this. So basically, yeah. after if you want to wait till this event's over, or you want to read this event. It's a good time to jump into X-Men. Because yeah. I always think of X-Men as, like, separate from Marvel Comics. Yeah. They, it, well, they, they do a pretty good job at keeping them, you know, keeping them separated. You know, they they, they, they kind of do a good Except job. Except for a few, a few standbys, like like Wolverine, Wolverine yeah. and, you know. But so. it's amazing what big shit will happen to the Avengers and no mutants show up. I know, right? Those are all dicks. <laughs> I know. You're kind of like... You know, you want to be, you want us to include you, but how about you include yourself some time to time, you know? <laughs> right. Did you come here and lend a fucking hand? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Professor X, if you're jerking off with your mind, but Ooh. you know, you might want to come over here and, uh, you know, help stop these fucking, you know, Earth Smashers, you know? Yeah, just quit being a bitch. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> could you, could you guys use the higher ground for a minute, you know, and kind of like come out here and help us out a little bit? Right. <laughs> so, Spotify. Is testing a new feature in Australia, the country that doesn't exist, 
that they'll let non-paying users skip ads, both audio and video, as many times as they like. The company tells AdAge that the idea is that users will likely only skip ads they don't care about. So what do they consume? Will Spotify give feedback on how to better target them? And a company executive compared it to Discover Weekly, but for ads. Advertisers won't have to pay if ad, if skipped ad, for skipped ads. I'm sort, I sort of understand this, but I don't know how much better it will make ads. People are lazy and don't want to have to navigate back to the app just to skip an ad. Spotify says it's only testing the feature for now, but the the goal is to launch it globally. As someone who pays for, this is the writer of the article, says, as someone who pays for Spotify, it makes makes me feel a little dumb. I only pay so that I never have to hear ads and for offline downloads, but skippable ads seem easier to tolerate. It makes a bit of work to avoid them. Uh, It takes a bit of work to avoid them, but it may be worth it in an effort to save some cash. They met her. The only if this is to work, they would have to add something to the payable feature. Yeah, because I guarantee you, most of the people are on there because they don't want to hear ads. Yeah, that's really the only reason. I mean, the only one I've really seen add something is Google Play. Uh, you get the um, and it's more about just no ads. Like you get, uh, like I have YouTube Premium and and um. Which the one feature I love, this is, and seriously, I thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. You can play a YouTube video and then turn your phone screen off and it keeps playing. Actually, that's pretty cool. I, I, the biggest of deals, bro. Yeah. Like it was so, because I, I listen to a lot of, um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos of just people I dig and they're talking about something. Right. And but I don't necessarily need to see, them, need to yeah. see them. I don't look at them. So it's, it's my, my fucking stay woke a meter is all the way up. I mean, yeah. all this well, fucking that, retrospectives of the news and shit. Yeah, Cause that's kind of like what people have asked me. They're like, well, why do you have the, the podcast on YouTube if you don't have any video? It's like, well, we're not really a visual based podcast and some people want to listen to it through YouTube yeah. as opposed to downloading a podcast app, which, you know, to be honest with you can kind of be a bitch sometimes, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's on YouTube. You can watch it there. And if you have this, Turn the screen off and still listen. Unless you're using the new and improved Android podcast. That's <laughs> Android podcast. And get it for free by using the code LazyGeeks. <laughs> I mean, you can get it for free either way. But use the- <laughs> <laughs> no. I want people to come back and go, hey, I tried. I downloaded the podcast, but I, I, I couldn't put in the code for you guys. I want somebody to come back and say that. <laughs> we are currently taking requests. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Request for what? Bro? Go ahead and call us at our live number, and we'll go ahead and and spin the next record for you. <laughs> <laughs> and here is the newest jazz release. <laughs> it's like shut the fuck up, dude. I should have been gone. <laughs> I should have been gone, bitch. What? <laughs> right. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, I'm over here bullshitting, right, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Baby, I mean, um, <laughs> Wonder Woman star Gail Gadot has joined the voice cast of Ralph Breaks the Internet, Rocket Ralph 2. And I'm a little too excited about this fucking movie, <laughs> by the way. That original Wreck-It Ralph was so fucking great. Um, Gadot will portray Shank, a talented driver from the gritty racing game called Slaughter Race, who isn't too fond of losing. Vanellope, um, voiced by Sarah Silverman, of course, will come face-to-face with Shank in a street race while searching for a replacement part for Sugar Rush. 
While Shank is quite tough, the character still has a warm quality to her and quickly becomes someone Vanellope looks up to. Um, so basically, she's the adult Vanellope. Um, she is the coolest character in this world of Slaughter Race, director Rich Moore said. Shank's lived a lot. Seen, she's seen a lot, yet she's got nothing but kindness in her heart. That's the duality of that character. Fans will get to see Shank in action uh, when Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck-It Ralph 2 opens in theaters on November 21st in the U.S., November 23rd in the U.K., and December 26th in Australia. That's disrespectful. <laughs> I, I, it, it's just not even necessary right. that they send it to a fake location. Stop <laughs> listing things. Stop <laughs> listing stuff that isn't real, guys. Come on. No, that's – I never understood that. Why – like – it's 2018. We can't get a movie to Australia. You're acting like they're on fucking Mars, for Christ's sake. Come on. Well, it is weird. I mean, I, we've seen it before with other with other shows where, or other movies where they will, you know, release a movie and then like three weeks later, you know, or a month later or two months later, China gets it. You know, that's why well, they, China, well, China is different because it depends on the movie. China always has to review the film first. Oh, that's what I was going to bring up. I w- and there was a story that I wanted to bring up, and I couldn't remember what the fuck it was. But um, Yeah, the Chinese have a, a government board that has to review all media from outside. Which means that if you're in China and you want to see that movie Christopher Robin, you can't. And if you listen you to... You can't one- see what in... Christopher Robin, that... Really? Yeah. Hmm. And if you guys remember that episode we did a while back where we talked about the president of China you know, getting rid of elections and term limits and stuff like that. Uh, if you guys remember that, and if you watch the John Oliver show, uh, or last week tonight with John Oliver, it's, um, there is a symbol that is used to poke fun at the current president of China. You may have heard of it. They used the image of Winnie the Pooh because they said it looks a lot like the president of China. And because that has been banned off social media and everything else in China. So is Christopher Robin. This is making sense. Mm. Yeah. So that was something that I saw. I thought I was like, oh, that's what I wanted to mention because my douchebag of the week is it exceeded that one. So, um, but yeah. But yeah, that's why. So you can't see Christopher Robin because Winnie the Pooh's in it. And Winnie the Pooh's an offensive. Beca- um, the Chinese activists that are that oppose the president use Winnie the Pooh because they say he looks like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he does. So <laughs> I don't know if he's got his head I, stuck in a yeah, stuck in a honey bowl yet, but we assume that's pretty close. I wonder if the, I wonder if Trump ever looks at at how he controls the media like that and gets jealous. Oh yeah. Well, he said that he when they told him that they turned um, off limits for the president of China, he was like. Oh, that's really great. I hope they do that here. So Yeah, yeah. he's an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't wait for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So were you done with that, by the way? Yeah, yeah I oh, was. Okay. It, it wasn't a long one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're a trivia weirdo or just an insufferable know-it-all, at some point over the last few years, you've wondered why past seasons of Jeopardy are not available to binge. Well, the show has aired every night for decades, its current iteration having made its original debut in 1984. Fuck. Jesus. Uh, Obstinately, that answer has has something to do with keeping the game interesting. If your contestants have had access to literally every category and and answers you've ever come up with, the preparation suddenly has a definitive pattern. 
as opposed to just reading a bunch of stuff and hoping for the best that uh, but they're less likely to fall flat on their faces or give us those long uncomfortable pauses when nobody knows the answer but it seems CBS and Sony Pictures have had a change of heart because they have announced that Jeopardy has finally come to Hulu the offering isn't every episode, according to the Hulu press release. The platform has gone fully Spotify, curating collections of, the, of some of Jeopardy's flagship special events, including the Tournament of Champions, a college championship, and a Kids Week, as well as the Battle for the Decades, a five-week 30th anniversary uh, tournament held in 2014, which included folks like Ken Jennings. It also said new episodes will be added regularly, making it possible for viewers to continuously test their knowledge on Hulu, My Nerdy Heart, It's Like They Knew. If you need, uh, and, and the writer goes, if you need me for the next 72 hours, you know where to find me. Staring zombie-like at my TV, sporadically screaming answers in the form of a question. Forward, Fast-forwarding through most of the excruciating, annoying, and the mid-game contestant interviews. But watching a few, uh, watching a few to see if Alex Trebek s savagely shades a poor, unsuspecting accountant. Bring snacks. <laughs> that was one you thing. Know what? When I heard that, I was like... You know, I didn't realize it just it like it dawned on me going, oh, yeah, you can't watch those episodes. <laughs> yeah, you can't see the old like the only Jeopardy episodes you might want to see is like the special ones, like the right. celebrity ones or something like that. But, yeah, there's no way to watch them but the until best, now. But, yeah, but the best way to watch those old celebrity ones is to watch the old SNL celebrity ones. <laughs> yeah, those are funny. I love those. Um, so Nintendo is pissing everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about within shade. within their legal right, but still pissing everybody off. Um, Nintendo's attitude toward ROM releases, uh, either original game files or fan-made edits, um, has often erred on the side of litigiousness, like lawyer shit. Yeah. But in most right, but in most cases, the game producer has settled on cease and desist orders or DMCA claims to protect its IP. This week saw the company grow bolder with its legal action as Nintendo of America filed a lawsuit on Thursday seeking millions in damages over classic games files uh, being served via websites. The Arizona suit, as reported by Torrent Freak, alleges, quote, brazen and mass scale infringement of Nintendo's intellectual property um, rights, end quote. By the sites Love ROMs and Love Retro, uh, these sites combine ROM downloads and in-browser emulators to deliver one-stop gaming access. And the lawsuit includes screenshots and interface explanations to demonstrate exactly how the site's uh, users can gain access to thousands of Nintendo video games, uh, related copyrighted works, and images. Nintendo is seeking serious money as relief for alleged damages, with the biggest number coming from $150,000 for the infringement of each Nintendo copyrighted work and up to $2 million for the infringement of each Nintendo trademark. Keep in mind, I just said each for those two numbers. So if, if, you have, if a site has every NES game that came out in the United States, if I remember off the top of my head, it's like 786, so something like that, hmm. times that by $2 million. Right. It's ridiculous. Um, multiply that first figure by thousands of copyrighted works and well that's a lot of zeros and that includes Nintendo Power Magazines all that shit additionally Nintendo has requested full disclosure of the operators receipts and disbursements profit and loss statements 
advertising revenue, donations, and cryptocurrency revenue, and other financial materials, which relates to the suit's demand for a reward to Nintendo for whatever, whatever profit the sites made. The lawsuit makes a point of describing the named defendants as not casual gamers, but sophisticated parties with extensive knowledge of Nintendo's intellectual property and the video game industry more generally. It is possible that the suit uses this language to explain why some ROM sites operators may not draw the same legal fire. Additionally, or additional alleged paths to revenue may not help matters for the named defendants, as Nintendo alleges that the operators enrich themselves through, among other things, donation requests and the sale of advertising space. After the suit was filed, Love ROMs was updated to remove all Nintendo-affiliated links, including ROMs and emulators, and the site announced on its social media channel that all Nintendo titles have been removed from our site. LoveRetro.co now redirects to a single text-only page that reads, Love Retro has effectively been shut down until further notice. So, I have mixed emotions about this legally yes Mm -hmm. i get it it's their shit right so they should be like no but but the problem is is that there's a history aspect to it too because nintendo doesn't release the majority of these games they don't give a fuck about them so they just want them to fade into obscurity as long as no one else is sharing them right which seems like okay then put them all up on put them all up on a fucking virtual console for a buck. Right. You know, it's, it's the reason people are downloading ROMs. The mass majority of people that download ROMs are because they can't get them anywhere else. Yeah. I'm real. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a perfect example for for me. There is a game from my childhood called The Wall Street Kid. It is a stupid game. <laughs> Nobody wants to play it. It's a damn stock. It's a overly sexist stock market simulator okay and that statement makes sense look the game up it's fucking great there is no way i can get that game anywhere unless i download it from a rom site i mean it's it's sad but true if if you if they if nintendo honestly if nintendo sold all that shit because out of all the all the roms that that get traded nintendo ones are the most popular because nintendo fucking dominated the 90s and the 80s for video games so if they had all those available, like even if they did a subscription service where you could you could play them or something like that, dude, they'd make so much fucking money. It'd be right. ridiculous. And I know they're they're trying to kill these ROM sites because they're coming out with NES and SNES classics, <laughs> giving me like thirty fucking games that everyone's played eight million times. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, come like on. You've had on every iteration, you know. Right. Like, stop giving me the same shit over and over again. What's up with those old school joints? You know. But whatever. It's funny, too. And I'll say it like this. Um, there, ever since they shut down, because they shut down all the major ROM sites for now. Um, they can't shut down torrents. That's all I'm saying. And there's cer- <laughs> certain things have suddenly become popular on some of the torrent sites. So just saying, just you know, saying. just, just, saying. just, you know, just saying. All right. Well, Bethesda. What can we say about Bethesda that hasn't already been said? No, um, <laughs> Bethesda <laughs> Softworks top spokesman made a remarkable candid comment to Game Informer uh, last week. Platforms that, do not al- that don't allow cross-console play 
may be cut of Elder Scrolls Legends launch later this year. Through Peter Hines did not specifically name PlayStation, Sony, or the PlayStation 4. There are no other consoles presenting any obstruction to cross-platform play. At QuakeCon 2018, Heinz to Game Informer said Bethesda's expectations, quote, are essentially non-negotiable, end quote. The Elder Scrolls legend is currently on and and cross-compatible with Windows, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Heinz said Bethesda is still discussing the matter with its platform partners, which basically means Sony. Mm -hmm. We cannot have a game that works one way across everywhere else except for one on this thing, Heinz told Game Informer. We can't be talking about one version of Legends where you take your progress with you and another version where you stay within that ecosystem or it's walled off from everything else. That is counter to what the game has been about. At E3 2018 show, Bethesda Softworks announced the Other Scrolls Legend was coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One later this year. Bethesda specific or specified that progress made in the PC and mobile editions of Elder Scrolls Legends would carry over to consoles via the part the player's Bethesda.net account. I'm just telling you that uh, that that's our stance. That is our intent. That is our message, Heinz said to Game Informer, not specific to anyone in particular, but to everyone we are talking about. It is 100% clear. This is what we are doing, what we need, and what we intend. Original, um, ordinarily, they would. It, this wouldn't seem to be a problem as PlayStation 4 games have cooperated with PC version editions in the past. But Heinz seemed rather clear that his console edition of Elder Scrolls Legends must cooperate with a user's Bethesda.net account, which is encom- uh, which will encompass play on the Switch and an Xbox One. That kind of thing, as we know, caused big problems earlier this summer when Epic Games' Fortnite accounts used on PlayStation 4 would later locked out of that account on Xbox One and the Switch. This beef has been simmering for a while. In early July, Bethesda Game Studios' Todd Howard told the forthcoming Fallout 76 bluntly uh, bluntly called Sony an unhelpful holdout on the subject of cross-platform play. Fallout 76 is still launching on that console as well as Windows PC, Xbox One. Tyler Ninja Bevins, the Twitch star and Fortnite super streamer, this uh, this week called out Sony's refusal to allow uh, cross-console play. I I think Sony can make a huge statement in in gaming by allowing cross-platform uh, by allowing cross-platform across the board, Bevins told Polygon on Thursday. Sony hasn't changed its posture on cross-console play beyond acknowledging the trouble in the statement from Sean we- uh, Wyden, the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment back in July. Microsoft and Nintendo have then teamed up in a remarkable cross-promotion for Minecraft, showing players on Xbox One and Nintendo Switch enjoying the game together. Now, I have thought. I have a thought on this. So, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> the fuck? Um, it's- Listen, I've, I've said it before. Sony doesn't have to play nice with everybody else because they're so far ahead. But the thing, here's the thing, though, is that we know the reason why Sony's not doing it. Because Sony doesn't want people to think like, oh, well, then I don't have to buy a PlayStation. I can right. buy an Xbox. Here's the problem with that logic, though, is... Yeah, you're doing the same thing anyway. Yeah, Sony, Yeah, because more likely, if I was able to play... Like, let's say uh, multiplayer was a big thing for me, or playing 
you know, across multiple consoles was a thing for me. And I wanted to play with Adam because he's playing on Xbox One because he's a douchebag. You know, I... Wow. <laughs> just an example. Just an example. I'm just kind of spitting off things here. Right, right, right. Um, but Sony would say, in the early days, I get it. I think what I'm trying to say is, the, in the early days, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 specifically, I get it. You want people to get your console. We're in a we're in a system now where, you know what, exclusivity, you know, that's that to me that reigns more, because you have basically this PlayStation Four and Xbox One, pretty much on the same on the same playing field. Now you have games that are only made for PlayStation, which Adam wants to get a PlayStation now because of some of the exclusive titles that they have. Mm-hmm. That in my opinion, is still the, is going to be the reigning, the reigning decision maker right there. There's two, there's two decision makers. There's that one. And then there's what your friends have. Hmm. That's it. And that's for the younger crowd. So like for me, I don't give a fuck. You know, most of my friends have both anyway, but if for a lot of these younger gamers, they'll get whatever their friends got because they want to play with them. So that, I think that's the problem that Sony's facing is that if, cross-platform becomes the new thing it won't matter what console you get and they really only have exclusivity as their main pull right right and that's the thing and that's the thing though like when you think about it you think yeah you want to play multiplayer with your friends or what have you but if nintendo and microsoft are kind of like you know what they want to play with each other let's do it because then they're going to be more inclined it's going to help either of us out that's their logic is their logic is you know, then they're going to say if they want to get a Nintendo Switch, but they don't want to get it because they won't be able to play with their friends right. that have Xboxes. Oh, but now you can. I'm going to get the Switch. Or I want to get a PlayStation, but all my friends have Xboxes. I guess I'll just have to get an Xbox because I want to play with my friends. See, there's a there's a flip side to that, you know. Right. And, and, and so and the thing is, is that, yeah, Sony's so far ahead. And to be honest, if they loud cross platform play they're not going to see a hit. In fact, I think more people will buy PlayStations. Yeah. Because of, you know, just because of the exclusivity and stuff like that, you know, because if you're an Xbox guy, you're going to be hating that Spider-Man's coming out only for the PlayStation, Uh you know, or you can't play the, all the other two Kingdom Hearts games, but you can play Kingdom Hearts 3 and kind of have to hope that somebody on YouTube has already played all throws and you can watch it. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen a lot of younger people since since the the gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 is so large. You have a lot of younger cats that didn't play the first two. Right. You know, and they're like, "What is this shit? Like this looks dope as hell." Yeah. Like, "Okay, cool. Let's see. Let me let me go to the Xbox store and pick up the other two. Oh, wait, I can't." Right. So now a lot of people are like, "Well, before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, I'm going to go get a PlayStation." Right. Which is one thing I'm trying to do, and then my even my wife is bugging me, because <laughs> she wants she wants to play the old Kingdom Hearts, and she wants to play Final Fantasy. And one thing, one of the hottest things my wife ever said, <laughs> um, I go, well, they have Final Fantasy 15 for the Xbox. She goes, yeah, but you, I mean, you're supposed to play Final Fantasy on a Sony machine. Oh. And I go, I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
suddenly it's the rip because that boner just ripped right through it your It does hand. feel weird to play a Final Fantasy it, game yeah. on an Xbox. I, it, it just feels strange. Still, it just sounds weird when you say that. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah. Like you're sitting there with the controller and as soon as you hear do 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 you look down at the controller and go, what am I doing? But here's like the you, thing. Yeah, but here's the thing though. In most instances, if you're going to want to play with your friends, you're going to play stuff like Fortnite, uh, Call of Duty. You know, you're going to play those kind of games you know, on multiple consoles. So I'm going to sit there and say like, well, I want to get a PlayStation 4 because I like all these, but I would like to be able to jump on with my buddies to play Call of Duty or Fortnite or Elder Scrolls, the one game that would be good for that, you know, because those are my real buddies. And, oh. then, you, and then you can go ahead and play those and still have your own shit. I mean, to me, it just doesn't make sense at this point. Yeah. You know, the, the, the whole holding off thing. But then again, Sony is proprietary of every fucking thing. I mean, just look at their fucking memory sticks. Yeah, that's always how Sony's been. You know, when it leaks over into the gaming space, it, people get upset about it. But it's like that—that's always been Sony. Yeah. Sony makes so much shit that they can get away with that. Like we're only going to use Sony memory cards because we make our own memory cards. Right. You know, and and from a business point, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's you know, it's just annoying as shit for everybody else. Microsoft doesn't make that shit. Yeah, you know, so it's it's no big deal for them not to be like, no, you have to use this. Now Microsoft will word it differently, like, uh, we know Sony forces you to use certain things, but we don't. Right. It's like you don't because you don't make it. Right, you know, <laughs> it's the only difference. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. All right, bring us home in the news. So <laughs> there's there's been some silliness going on. <laughs> really, a bit silliness. So during today's or I'm sorry, it was a couple days ago. It was August 8th. Um, during the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate-themed Nintendo Direct, uh, Luigi had his soul stolen from his body by death while exploring a familiar setting from Castlevania. It was a pretty cool little scene. This scene set Twitter ablaze with fans worrying about the fate of the hapless Mario brother, but Nintendo wants to reassure fans that Luigi is alive and well. A tweet issued... And the Nintendo UKVS account confirmed that um, Luigi was fine, according to their official deal. And I love the quote. It just says, Luigi is okay. <laughs> like, they're annoyed. They're like, are you guys fucking for real? Like, <laughs> Luigi's ill-timed adventure in the world Castlevania um, foreshadowed one of the main reveals from today's Nintendo Direct. Uh, the announcement that series protagonist Simon Belmont is joining the roster. Belmont swoops in to save Luigi, yet wasn't quick enough to stop death leaving him limp. That's okay. That's an interesting <laughs> choice of words. The Castlevania, <laughs> the Castlevania protagonist will also receive an Echo Fighter in his um, descendant, uh, Richter Belmont, who is also joining the fight. As well as the Castlevania crossover, another long-awaited fighter was revealed for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate in King K. Rule, from the Donkey Kong Country series. Uh, series director Mashiro Shakurai. Shakurai, yeah. Hmm. Also teased a new mode coming to the game during the direct, and it's unclear whether it could be a single player focused mode. For more on the legacy of single player Smash Brothers, read IGN's article because I got trapped into reading the last sentence of their fucking article. Um, <laughs> so. It's so dumb. Like, it was just this little scene, and he gets hit with a sickle, and his soul gets ripped out. It's just floating there. And it's like, it's it's Luigi, though. Like, he doesn't really follow 
regular physics. <laughs> like he'll just hop back in his body and be done with it. <laughs> well, this isn't like you would kind of you kind of want to see just Nintendo just to fuck with people. Like you want to see like um, what do you call it? Uh, Luigi being Luigi standing there, and then suddenly out of nowhere, Thanos comes in the background, snaps his finger, and Luigi just like disintegrates. Like you just kind of want to see Nintendo kind of fuck with people like that. I don't know, but people are dumb. <laughs> my friend too. My friend Ariel was like, "You see what happened to Luigi?" I'm like, "Get the f- stop! stop. <laughs> don't talk to me. They're not gonna kill Luigi. You're out of your mind. This is who would be player game. two? Exactly. Who would be player two? <laughs> like seriously, Snake, they, to- Toad, get the fuck away. <laughs> no, they bring in Snake. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what the fuck, Solid Snake? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god or worse Mega Man <laughs> like, right. you're like what the fuck <laughs> we've just lost our goddamn mind now <laughs> what the hell <laughs> oh my god alright so I guess on that note we can go right into our oh what the actual fuck <sighs> I'm gonna read this article are you okay <laughs> no no I'm going to read this article. If you live in California, you've definitely heard this. So I'm going to read this article from NPR. And it'll it'll become clear very quickly. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross on Wednesday ordered federal agencies to use any water necessary to fight sprawling wildfires in California. This is the Trump administration's most forceful response to the fire crisis in California. But experts say water is not really the problem. Firefighters in California are currently battling 17 major fires, including Mendocino Complex fire that spread over 292,000 acres, making it the largest in the state's history, according to Cal Fire. Officials say that the fire won't be contained until at least September. California is expecting no, uh, is expecting longer, stronger, and larger wildfires that the scientists say is the result of climate change. Ross's directive came days after President Trump posted a Twitter, a tweet blaming the intensity of the fires on the state's environmental policies and incorrectly claiming water that could be used to fight the fires are being pumped into the Pacific Ocean. He has no idea how to fight a forest fire. He has no idea on how science really works. You know, um, quote, Because the main issue is when the fire gets big enough, the water evaporates where it hits the fire. Yeah, and the, and they get yeah they 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 get strong enough. Plus, a lot of those fires get into areas that you can't get things to. Right. You know, and they kind of just have to let it go. All they have to do is keep it from burning homes and shit. Quote: California wildfires are being magnified and made so much worse by the ba- bad environmental laws, which aren't allowing massive amounts of readily available water to be pop, uh, properly utilized. Trump tweeted on Monday, it is being diverted into the Pacific Ocean, must also clear, uh, must also treat, what? Must also treat clear to stop fire from spreading. Are you okay? Don't read a Trump quote too hard because it it hurts. It it does. I can actually, I can kind of feel my brain (laughs) disintegrating within my, but fire. You don't know why they don't use the water. <laughs> but fire experts say there is enough water in California to fight these fires. In fact, water isn't just a small component; uh, it's just a small component of what firefighters use to battle massive wildfires," said William Stewart, a forestry specialist in the University of California, Berkeley. We really put the fire out are basically people on the ground cutting all the vegetation down to the bare dirt, 
or the use of bulldozers to knock down all the veg to knock all the vegetation down and the fire retardant which is actually a bit more effective than water he he tells here and now is jeremy hobson so water is used sometimes but it's only a small piece of the suppression game stewart says when trump talks about diverting water to into the ocean he is conflating two different issues how the state manages uh manages rivers and irrigation water and how it fights fires some speculate trump is trying to strengthen his administration's case for weakening the endangered species act and fighting california's environmental law stewart said for decades, fire, um, farmers and environmentalists in California have been entangled in a dispute over laws that would limit the amount of water diverted from rivers and streams for irrigation. Environmentalists say diverting less water helps protect endangered species, such as the Chinook salmon, while farmers say lim water limits are also hurting the state's $50 billion agricultural industry. Um, it goes, uh, in his tweet, Trump also suggests that thinning forests could dampen the strength of future wildfires, which should also... Uh, which should some say could be his, uh, used to justify the administration's plans to expanding commercial logging, but fire experts say efforts to reduce kindling in the forest are as ba uh, are a basic part of forest management and not a solution to the larger problem. Says Matthew, says Matthew Hitau, uh, a forest ecologist in the University of New Mexico. I mean, if we wanted to make the forest asbestos-proof, you could clear-cut them and pave it, right? He told All Things Considered. The basic mm. fact is, uh, the fact of the matter is, if we do that, we lose the forest. We Motherfuckers got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and we lose all of the e ecosystem services that forests not only provide to us, but also in terms of having a functioning ecosystem in that place and habitat for wildlife, watershed protection, and all that. Yeah. You know, nature. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and trees. You know, let's let's cut down all the trees because they don't do anything except supply oxygen, you know, and, and you know, all of that stuff, you know, because the fuck do we need that for? Yeah, fuck trees. Exactly. Come on. It's just, when I heard that, I was just like, I literally just like, like face palmed my whole head. I was just laughing. I was laughing when I saw it because I was like, this dude like, really just doesn't understand, does he? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was funny because I told, uh, or, you know, I told my brother and he gave me this look and, uh, and it was that look of just pure confusion. And, and then he just goes, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like basic scientific. It, it, it's one of those moments. And, and, and it really is true because my wife saw that. Now, because my wife is my wife and because she's Hispanic, <laughs> she doesn't trust anything that Trump says. So she always asks me, what is he talking about? Now, my wife is not a super scientific person. Right. But she understood <laughs> that, you know, it's not all about water. I explained it to her and fine. And, and I kind of I thought to myself, I'm like, is this why – how many people don't understand this? Yeah. It's, it's a basic physics thing. Really, like it's you know, fire's hot, and then water evaporates before it hits the fire, and then it rises, and then it did nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, because I I remember somebody told me what they should do just put a big uh, pipe in the ocean, and then you could put the fire out with the salt water. And I'm like, okay. Um, so the <laughs> amount of fish that are going to go through that pipe, <laughs> right? And then dumping salt water on uh, fucking fire. forest land. Yeah. 
come on dude like, like people are so stupid <laughs> yeah it's kind of like yeah okay so we're gonna kill the land while jumping salt water on it you but know? you know what that fucking fire will be out <laughs> and so everything up? else there <laughs> <laughs> it's like can you just stop like maybe a little bit you know what i mean just stop uh, so i completely lost my shit oh here we go so a florida man <laughs> this just made me laugh this is this is where you this is an overreaction. Like this is the definition of you need to calm you down, dude. Um, a Florida man is accused of dumping a bucket containing human feces and urine inside a St. Petersburg Seven Eleven. Right away, you're you're like, what, what? What? What did you do? What happened? It's like that's like right. the follow-up question is okay. What what caused this to happen? So Damien A. Sims' alleged act is of criminal criminal caca fucking he looks like he post trying he does look like it too happened early wednesday according to the smoking gun he quote apparently obtained the waste from a portable toilet the site reported splattered poop got on a straw hat and a do-rag with a total estimated value of 28 dollars um that's a lot of money that's for those two for things those? yeah i know um the 41-year-old Sims was ID'd by the store manager and recorded on surveillance video, according to the police report. It's possible the alleged bowel movement bucket dump was an act of revenge. The <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. Um, <laughs> the police report uh, notes that Sims was banned from the store in May. Sims was charged with trespassing and criminal mischief, both misdemeanors. As of Friday, he was still um, in the Pinellas County Jail in lieu of a $300 bond. Yeah, because he can't afford it. Right. Listen, <laughs> this motherfucker out here making mistakes. <laughs> uh, he has been ordered to stay away from the 7-Eleven and its manager, according to Fox News. No, so, no it's, it's not mistakes. <laughs> That's a life choice. <laughs> He's made a life choice to be a piece of shit. And it's funny that he only got... Um, criminal mischief and trespassing because i'm pretty sure when you do anything with human waste they they treat it like a like a higher crime yeah, but this because is, it's a biological hazard yeah but this is florida right yeah so so that's an everyday they, thing. yeah that's kind of one of those things he, yeah and criminal, what it is. and criminal mischief just sounds like oh you criminal guys mischief. you guys you need to cut it out. Right, exactly. Yeah. That finger shaking thing, you know, like right. you boys, you guys need to stop that now. <laughs> I can stop shit. Bitch. Literally. Like, oh. Stop shit. <laughs> <Throw it. laughs> uh all right. Uh, the things that go on in Florida. All right. Ugh. So that is it for this week. So thank you guys for checking us out this week. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us reviews. iTunes, give us those five-star reviews. And Stitcher, go ahead and leave us those glowing comments. They will help us out greatly. Also, follow us on all that social media, Most Twitter, media. all of it. Uh, I didn't want to say... I didn't want to say crap after what I just read. Um, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, both under the name The Lazy Geeks. That's all one word. Don't forget to follow our Facebook and Google Plus pages. Any feedback you want to send us and that you don't want to use those for, <laughs> send us an email, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. And you can find me on the internet, in, on the internet, on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek. And again, um, I'm also still doing that, uh, the Extended Play Movie Podcast. We've got our Movies of 1979 out. We just released, uh, last week we did Life of Brian and uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian. Uh, this week, 
we are releasing Warriors. Come out and play. Mm-hmm. A classic. I love that movie. So, yeah, so we got that coming out this week. So go ahead and go to iTunes or Google uh, iTunes, the Apple podcast app, Google podcast app, Stitcher, and just look for the Extended Play Movie Podcast. And I am also on Twitter and Instagram, both uh, under at SapienTLG. Um, although I, if I can get off of Reddit for long enough, um, <laughs> I might interact with Twitter. Uh, and, you know, of course, email at or Adam at thelazygeeks.com. All right. That is it for us this week. So until next time, <gasps> peace out. Peace out.